0: Hi everyone, I am Val Sopi, and this is Bootstrapping Sats. Sats. In this podcast, I share my journey to 10,000K in recurring revenue with ClarityTask.com. Today, I finished my first article in a long time. I haven't written a blog post in a while. It's something that has worked very well with my previous products, Uh, so I decided that it's something that I want to focus on with uh, clarity tasks, growth efforts, and it's probably the only channel that I will be focusing for now uh, because I am so limited with time. I am coding, I am helping clients, customer care, and content marketing is the next thing that I want to focus on. The other things are like direct calls and cold calls and cold emails. I think I want to uh, actually not do them because I'm not really sure about their outcome it's not something that I've done in the past I want to play it safe with something that has worked well and I haven't done it in, in a while and also this time around I want to go full force with it and write at least one article per week or more so this week was my first article in a long time it's 3,500 words, it's a huge one and um, I guess it was because I was so excited to write and when I looked at it I really couldn't cut it back because uh, every paragraph was tying up to the next. Uh, the, initial, uh, the initial word count was 3,800 I believe and then I cut it down edited it down to 35 but the meaning stayed the same. It is about remor- uh, working remotely, the pros and cons of working remotely uh, I haven't published the article yet it's probably uh, I need to tweak it a bit uh, I will either launch it this weekend or at the beginning beginning of next week I don't want to do it today I'll launch my episode 4 of bootstrapping SAS and uh, have the article out at the same day uh, for two reasons one I don't have time it's already evening here and uh the other one is i don't want to have two pieces of content published in the same day and get all the visits in the same day and then um you know flat be flat the rest of the days of the week so a lot of people actually gave me um quotes on remote remote working a lot of online friends and i thank them for it uh so hamish was uh, the first one to reply hamish mcpherson is uh an online friend of mine who is a uh, software engineer at Buffer and then Helen Riles who is an engineer in England she chimed in right away as well and um, I published their quotes actually in the article as a conversation I didn't cut them out to uh, make them fit for the article I just placed them pretty much as they said it uh, with little tweaks a little language tweaks but overall I just left them as um, as a conversation and then David Darmanin, who is the CEO of Hajar actually tweeted to him uh, a few days ago if he can uh, provide a quote and he directed me to an article they wrote uh, back uh, in the day when they started hot and how they got from zero to um, a million in ARR in six months I think um, yeah they have a wild success so he chimed in and a bunch of my other online friends that um, gave me small quotes that I featured on the article And they quoted it uh, for this particular article, actually. So I'm very happy about that. All the quotes are original, besides the David's one, which I've taken from one of the articles that he has written. However, he directed me to it from Twitter. So I take that sort of as an original response. So Jamie Lawrence, he left a quote on the article. He works uh, as an engineer at Podia. And then Elko, he is from Startup Costs. Sean Mazes, he runs a couple of things actually. Next Decentrum, Large, Large, Large Chat, Technical Founders and DevOps Chat. Uri Kostolansky, he's a software engineer in Slovakia. Thank you, Uri. John Barrett, who's a CTO at Transmap. Tony Denke, uh, he's an entrepreneur in British Columbia, Canada. Dominic Weber, he's a software engineer at Bitmovin. Bitmovin? Bitmovin. Uh, They're all linked and quoted in this article that I will publish uh, in a few days. So that was my week. I've been writing a lot, and actually I like it a lot. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, today uh, who's also a Claritask user, and they do uh, content marketing for their clients. And he gave me a couple of tips on how to do content marketing properly. So my article of 3,500 words is, is very good, actually, but it takes so long to write and edit. Uh, So I will be sticking to 1000 words, 1200 words, 800 words, and I can do more articles like that per week. The topics that I will be writing are mostly about remote work, about uh, issues that my clients deal with. So they're usually about uh, management, about how to manage employees, how to motivate employees, how to manage projects properly, how to uh, time track properly, how to deal with a problematic employee all the stuff that my clients uh, deal with on a daily basis and I have a lot of experience actually in these things because I used to run a design firm uh, back in the day so I'm not new to those and uh, I'm really excited to write about them and I really love writing Um, eventually this is one of my dreams to write a book down the line I don't know if that's going to happen it really requires a lot of dedication and focus and research um, it's just a dream, which probably will never happen, but uh, it's something that I have in the back of my mind because I love writing, I love the process of writing, I love sharing stories from experience and then tying them to something that is uh, currently going. Um, my writing, uh, my dream of writing is not only in non-fictions, I would like to do fiction maybe, uh, down the line, but that's just down the line, just talking dreams here. The focus currently is completely clear to and uh, I want to focus on that and content marketing will be the channel that I will going going for forward. So, um, uh, that's the first thing that I wanted to mention. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is the numbers game. And what I mean by that is that in SaaS, in products, um, you can actually play the numbers game. And what I mean by that is that you can look at stats, you can look at visits, Um, that come to your website and the conversion rates and the people that uh, turn into a paying customer and then by tweaking those numbers and bringing more people to your website you can start generating revenue and then tweaking those numbers and you can do that you can do that by brute force even if the product is not really good uh, you can do that Um, you can bring a lot of visits to the website with content marketing with direct emails with ads all kinds of things and then let's say you bring 10,000 visits to your website within a month and then maybe a percentage of those visits uh, register to your website let's say 10% which is huge which is pretty good so 10% of 10,000 is 1,000 And then from those that register, so 1,000 people register and then you start focusing on the conversion rates to paid clients. So let's say uh, 5% convert to a paying client. So out of 1,000, you get 50 people who convert to a paying client. And then from those clients, you see who's staying more than three months. And then you, you you start playing with numbers of how to keep them around more, what's not working in your app. And you can do this. You know, you can even do this without a product that is great. You can do this with a subpar product. But it takes a lot of effort. And I've done this in the past. You know, I've had a product that um, I did in 2013. And it did, uh, registrations were from 10 to 20%. That were times that there were 20% uh, from visitor to um, registered user. However, the register to pay was one point five percent two percent, and that was very low. However, if you you know if we had the energy and the money and the investment to push it, you can always tweak those numbers. It takes a lot of effort, It takes a lot of hard work to do that, but it's doable. However, I don't want to do that with um, with Task. I want to um, with ClaryTask, I want to play the long game, even though I desperately desperately need new uh, users to pay. However, I want the right users to pay. I want users who are serious about their business, who will stick around for a long time, who I can really help with claritas who I can be in touch with, uh, not just with them, but their employees as well, and then tweak Claritas to their needs and other users like them. Um, and the reason I want to do that is because my belief is that if I focus on those things, things will be easier down the line. I don't have to play the brute force game. I can play the long game right now where I get to bring in the right users to Claritask who register and then onboard the right users who get converted to paid. And then those clients, they can refer somebody that's similar to them and then grow organically like that. That's the goal. And then another thing that I have advertised right now on the Claritask website, which I will be doing a lot more, um, is a concierge, uh, Service where I get to help clients move from an existing tool They're using to Claritask. and I want to be front and center about this that you know When people come to Claritask, it's not an automatic sort of thing where you register And then you know you get sent these automatic emails and then you get you know pushed slowly towards upgrading Which are all fine and probably I will eventually get to those because you can do these things on scale However, as small as I am right now, with the volume of visits and registrations that I have, I can do that. And it would be a shame not to. So if I get 10 registrations a day, I can definitely send 10 personalized emails uh, to those clients. And they don't have to be automatic. And I can check in with them and see at the stage where they're in, in their buying process, if they're just testing ClareTask or similar products to Task. If, they're really, if they've really, if they heard about ClarityTask for the past three weeks or a month and they're ready to buy, and then I can help them with features and you know, how they work and maybe uh, have a demo with their team, and I can do those things right now. And that's the way I want to do it. I want to do it old school, service-based. I, I don't want to have automatic emails as of now. The only automatic emails that goes right now is the email that users get when they register. So that's the only one. The rest of emails, they come from me directly. I see the user has signed up. I contact them via email. I have to make sure that they know it's actually me writing it. Um, I had a user uh, who registered um, on Claritas last week and I had missed them. I completely missed them. I had sent, I tried to, you know, I, I saw them that, yeah, I saw, it's so late. I can't even talk. Uh, so, uh, I noticed they, were, they had registered 10 days ago and I wrote an email and the subject said, sorry about, uh, sorry about uh, being late or sorry this is late. That was the email that I sent. I think I have it here somewhere. Let me just check real quick. Um, so the email says, sorry, sorry this is late. Um, and the user uh, who signed up, he replied maybe an hour or so later, a couple hours later and he said, um, he said, thanks for reaching out. I'm loving that you personally write to each new sign up, unless your email is a well-crafted automatic one. And that was a compliment. However, it sort of made me feel insecure because here I am writing a personal email and the user still thinks that uh, the, the email came from an automatic uh, something like MailChimp or, or another tool and uh he just explained where he came from and i wrote right right back at them like an hour later as soon as i saw the email i wrote back to this person and i said hey you know this is exactly you know it's me i wrote that email here i am replying to you if you need anything so he explained you know that he's just checking it around he he um he ran across Claritask from indie hackers where i post about clarity task etc so that made me think like next time i write to somebody i really have to point it out that it's me writing Making trade out. Reply to me, and I'll reply right back. So I'll keep it like this. They won't. There won't be any automation yet um, until as long as I can. Honestly, I love customers. I love talking to them. I love this. You know what they do every day. Uh, how they work with clients with their teams. I've been in their shoes. I really, really want to help them. Not just with claritas, but just sharing stories that I've had when I was running a team of five to six people and servicing clients with web design and identity design, graphic design, et cetera. Um, software development. So I've done all that. And uh, I, like, I liked being in those shoes when I was doing that. And now I can help these customers that come through ClaryTask. Uh So yeah, every email is personal. Everything is sent by me. Um, I hold demos. I even send users videos that I record on Loom. Uh, personal personal uh, videos that I do just for them just to show them around the ClaireTask. So yeah, um I, I want to keep it like that and the reason I was talking about the numbers game is, is because I, I was talking to a company to a consultancy in New York who consult their SaaS clients how to send cold emails and put people through the funnel through this really highly sophisticated almost scientific approach which sounded very good, but I sort of felt that um, it lacked soul and I want to make Claritask an extension of my beliefs towards um, having a product that not only makes money, which I like because I can support my fi- family, I can support myself, I can travel, but I want to make a product that people actually love and do their job on a daily basis and a product that is made by a company that they respect, they look up to and they learn from And that's sort of the ideas behind ClarityTask, that's what I want to do with ClarityTask. And hopefully I can keep that for as long as ClarityTask goes, even if we grow to more people, I hope to instill these values and these culture to to the product because uh, you can always do a product, you can always do a service, not just online, but you can open a business and then brute force it uh, if you work really hard and such. Um, Which brings me to the next point, uh, which I wanted to talk about because a listener um, that uh, listens to this podcast actually asked me online. His name is Anurag, and he replied to one of my tweets where I said, um, My tweet went like this uh, Those who work the hardest don't win, the lucky ones win. And I said, Be lucky. And then after that tweet, I, uh, I had another tweet, not a thread, just another tweet next to it. And I said, How to be lucky? Try to control less, try to be more in now, in the present. Show up every day and then keep knocking on doors, keep opening doors. And then another quote that I heard from my new Twitter friend, Brian Wang, he uh, actually replied to one of my tweets saying that, you know, one of the things that he learned, I think, from um, some of the uh, Buddhist, I think, Buddhist monks, uh, philosophies, is that one of the things that they say is that uh, begin again? So this is sort of the the mantra, if I can say that the quote says begin again. So every time you fail, every time every day you wake up and you're working on something that you care about, uh, having the thought, having sort of the the outlook, the ideal to begin begin again every day. You're always beginning again and again and again. And what that quote sort of did to me was that you know it's. Um, Everything that I do, every new feature, every new launch, this podcast, writing, every day, when I do the next thing, I should feel as if I am starting again from scratch, but with this with this load of experience and lessons that I've learned. But I'm still a beginner. I'm not an expert. I want to keep an open mind and you know just have this thought of begin again. So Anurag, he replied to me and he said, you know, um, he asked that I should talk about a little bit more about how to get lucky. And I consider myself very very lucky. Um, Things that have happened to me that uh, I feel very lucky about, I really didn't have much to do with them. Uh, They were, you know, I could say they were privileges, uh, just happy accidents if they are, but it wasn't something that I worked hard for. It wasn't something that I, you know, Did night, night, and day. I kept knocking on the door for those things. I prayed for those things. I hoped for those things. I wanted those things. But it's not something that I really um, had total control with. I was hoping that would happen one day. They weren't a surprise that, you know, they, they happened. Like it wasn't something that maybe I didn't ask for, but they didn't, you know, they weren't totally under my control. And some things came faster, some things came slower. So the way I see luck is that luck is, you know, has to do with everything. Uh, you can start the best business in the world. However, you can be too early, you can be too late. Uh, competition may go faster to the market. And your product, your best product in the world might not make it. And you can work the hardest and still fail. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing to know. That you, know, you can do the, the best that you can. You can work the hardest you can and then still fail. And you should know that. And I should know that. And then having this begin again mentality gives you that strength to start tomorrow again. Whatever happened yesterday, you, know, you can start again. And um, the way I look at products especially is that I think every product has its destiny. And the reason I say that is because I've been doing this product thing for the past seven years, since 2000, 2012. I consider I did it even more, but more deliberately, I did it for seven years. And then some of the products that I've launched, I worked so hard for them. I had such a great team, and they didn't make it. And then other products, I worked for them, but, you know, the, you know launching them, making it with them was much easier. And one of those things is happening with Task. You know, I launched Task. I got three paying clients right away. Um, it was surprising how those clients loved it. And their users loved it. And I didn't have that experience with my other products. You know, I had a product that I worked so hard with, with the team. And uh, people, you know, would be confused. They would ask questions. They would churn. They would not come back. They would not use it daily. Now on Task, the, the paying clients that I have, they use, they use ClaryTask on a daily basis. And I consider that lucky. Um, something happened where I was able to put together Claritask in a nice way that it makes sense that he had, has the right features, and maybe that's because of my experience, but then again, I, I consider myself lucky to have had that experience. So I would explain like uh, luck for my own purposes as something that you keep showing up to on a daily basis. Uh, you keep something that you think about, something that you, know, you have in the back of your mind that might not work, and that's okay, but you keep hoping, you, pe- you keep praying for it, Uh, You you keep working on on it, but you don't go crazy about it. You sort of um, keep showing up, keep loving it. And then that's another thing, I guess, you know, just loving what you do and then just going for it. So I think that's, um, that's how I would explain luck. Just being there, believing that it will happen and being okay if it doesn't. And then knowing if a product is not lucky. Knowing if a product, you know, doesn't have its destiny right now, today. You might have it later on, but not today. And that's a good thing. Sometimes it's very hard to, to see that. Or even if we see, it, it's hard to admit it, you know, to ourselves because we've made it. So it's, it's really important to be able to detach ourselves from what we're making and sort of um, just know what's going on. So, yeah, those are the things that I would say, you know, I think about luck. I'm not even an expert, just sort of talking about it from my point of view of how I um, think about luck and letting go, letting go a lot every day. Um, just letting go and being. And, you know, you know, it sounds counterintuitive saying that, like work hard and letting go, but knowing, you know, always knowing that you have to begin again every day. And that's, I think, what luck is. Um, so, yeah, I guess, you know, I can talk about this in another podcast that I maybe dedicate to luck only and what I think about it. But as for this episode, I think, you know, that's, that's how much I have to say about it. Um, yeah, so I think that's all for it today. A uh, couple of stats I want to mention. I want to thank everyone who's listening to this uh, podcast. Thank you so much uh, for, you know, motivating me to continue uh, putting these episodes out. And a friend of mine asked me, how long will I keep doing this? Uh, the last episode will be the episode where I hit $10,000 per month in recurring revenue with Clairitas, And when that day happens, that will be the last episode of this show. And the reason behind that is that this show is meant to uh, share information uh, from someone like me who is starting from zero and putting something out there that will make $10,000 per month. And until that happens, I will keep doing this every Friday and the day that I will make that happen, uh, it will be the last episode of this show. So currently, there are 19 subscribers as uh, as of this recording. Uh, there are a total of 263 total downloads and listens for three episodes that I've produced already. So about 90, episodes, 90 listens per episode, which is amazing. So if those stats are true, I uh, have a room full of close to 100 people listening to me as I'm babbling along. So... <laughs> I'm really happy about that. You know, Thank you. I really appreciate you listening to me as I'm sharing this information. That means a lot to me. Um, users are mostly from the United States with 31%. And then I have uh, users from uh, Europe. Uh, one is from North Africa, Algeria. One is from Nigeria. Actually, three are from Nigeria. And then in India, I have about four, 4% in India. And then a bunch of them in Europe. Uh, Spain is 5%. And then Scandinavia altogether is about 6%. England is at 13%. Brazil has about 2%. So, yeah, pretty much I, I would say North America, some of uh, South America, and then most of uh, Western Europe, India. Um, so, yeah, um, these are the stats, and all these stats are on Transistor FM, transistor.fm, which is the, the app where I host my podcast this podcast so those are the stats and then claytask um, as of this week hasn't really had that many visits because i have just started content marketing i'm expecting next week to have more more visits and then trying to uh see how my content marketing efforts turn into paying clients uh the goal this month again is uh to re to repeat what i did last month uh so last month i had three Paid clients, I am uh, working and hoping that this month will bring new three clients. If you are somebody that can become a client, please uh, contact me. I can show you a demo. I can show you how Task works. I can hold a demo for your team. Or if you know someone that needs Task for their team, uh, then I will be more than happy to show Task to them. Um, some other podcasts that I'm listening to are um, this new podcast by two of my online friends. It's called SaaS Reality. I encourage you to uh, listen to it. It's uh, by two of my friends uh, who have just actually started uh, podcasting. And they're in England, David and Simon. And then you can listen to Build Yourself by Justin and John, who are the makers of the Transistor FM, uh, the podcasting software. I'm hosting this podcast that I just mentioned before. And then you can listen to startups for the rest of us. Um, which is a little bit more sophisticated and how to on building a sas so yeah uh, this is all for today thank you for listening and i will talk to you next week